Good morning, world. Welcome to Zendependent News, Episode 3. I hope you enjoyed my last couple episodes of Zendependent News, because I'm definitely enjoying it, I'm learning from it, I hope you guys are taking something positive from these episodes. And before I get straight into the headlines, I want to make my disclaimer, of course. The views discussed and expressed on this show may or may not be satirical. It doesn't matter, because they're ultimately this podcast is a result of free speech, because I am an American, and I will say what I want. So, of course, the first bit of news that I'm going to talk about, because it's it's not the biggest piece of world news, I couldn't really say, because, of course, I live in Europe, I'm an American, I don't know all the world news, I don't know what the biggest, most talked about, most paid attention to piece of news there is, but definitely for the United States, <clears throat> it's the news that, well, you know, there's a bunch of protests and and just unrest over this shooting of this 20-year-old named Dante Wright, I think his name is. Not sure how to pronounce it. Hopefully, I'm saying it right. But from what I gathered in the situation, what I read, I I haven't watched the video. I don't I don't plan on it because a lot of times with videos they they'll be edited and won't be the entire like body cam footage. It could be just one minute of something and it could make one or the other one party or the other party look really bad. But from what I gathered, what I read, just reports from BBC News is that so Dante got pulled over. Uh, it was a traffic violation, so he got pulled over, and then he tried. There was a little bit of like wrestling. He wanted to get back into his car. He was scared, was freaked out, whatever the reason was, not sure. Obviously, with situations like this, it's a given. When you get pulled over by a cop, you you don't want to act aggressive. You don't want to act crazy because when a cop pulls you over, it's a very stressful and high tension situation for everybody involved. So the best thing to do is to stay calm and to do what the police officers ask you. And if they're abusing you, if a cop ever was to abuse me, I can't sit here and say that I wouldn't act um what do you I don't know I don't know the right word. I wouldn't act emotionally because it's a scary thing. Someone's playing with your life, you feel threatened, you feel like you could be harmed or you're you're getting put in harm's way. It's a scary situation. I've never been in one and I honestly could not couldn't really give my two cents on reacting that way. But anyway, it happened. <clears throat> Dante tried to get back into his car. The cop, pulled, the cop who, uh, her name was Kim Potter. She'd been on the force for 26 years. She tried to, she called out taser, 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 because that's like the the basic protocol for when you're about to taser someone. I think just so people around don't get in the way and possibly get harmed by the voltage or whatever. But in the end, she pulled out her her pistol and then shot him and killed him and the police chief for brooklyn said he believes that it was an accident and <clears throat> just kind of just looking at all the facts i i agree i think it was an accident that doesn't make it okay and 100 percent that cop needs to get fired and you know we'll see a trial we'll probably see manslaughter charged for her because she called for her taser right she was calling out, she was trying to tase him, she pulled out her gun, which is not, even though it was a mistake, that is not a mistake that can happen when it comes to being a police officer. My opinion on police officers is, and just the, just that system of policing in the United States is that United States police officers are among the best in the entire world, but that being said, there's always room for improvement and, you know, longer training, better training, higher quality training, and it just needs to be harder to become a cop. 
my humble opinion, it should be tough to become a cop because it's an extraordinary job. Extraordinary people work under those conditions because it's stressful and it just, it, it takes extraordinary people to be a good cop. And there are more, there are a lot of great cops out there, of course, I've said this many times before, and I'm sure most rational, logical people can see that. But like I said, the system, any kind of system in the entire world, no matter what it is, whether it's political or it's social or it's financial, whatever the, whatever it is out there, there's always room for improvement. Definitely there's room for improvement, especially for education and training when it comes to cops to prevent things like this from happening in the future. And stuff like this, it's going to happen, but we need to dramatically and do as best as we can to prevent situations like this from happening. Because at the end of the day, this kid did not deserve to die. He shouldn't have act reacted that way and tried to get back into his car. But had the training, had it been properly handled, he wouldn't have died. So we're probably going to see this officer get fired. She's put on. She's been put on administrative leave, of course. That's like a basic protocol when something like this happens. And then, yeah, we'll see it go to trial eventually. And I do believe with all the evidence she'll get charged with manslaughter. And rightfully so. Unfortunately, for the people that, you know, they just live in this community that had nothing to do with the murder, and, you know, we've we've seen the unrest, we've seen the, the looting, the destroying of the city, the destroying of people's well-being, so it's a sad thing that's happening in, and people will say it's in the name, it's it's for Dante, but it's not, and it's an unfortunate situation, and I wish it didn't happen, but it did, and you know, we'll see. We'll see for the next couple weeks or possibly months what happens with that area of Brooklyn. Moving on to the next bit of news. So it was a weird one. It was kind of, I don't know, it was, it's it's such a odd situation. So it's a Business Insider article that I'm, that I'm linking and archiving in the description. So Matt Gates, who I talked about before, he's, he's going to headline a, a Women for America First gala amidst his, his probe into his like sex trafficking crimes and stuff it's such a weird thing if okay like it's it's really completely clear to me that Matt Gates is just trying to divert blame and try to you know this is a PR stunt straight up he's holding a a, a women for America first gala just to just to kind of get people off the fact that he likes to have inappropriate relations with underage girls i like I said, innocent till I've always said innocent to proven guilty. That's completely true, and I'll always stand by that. But like I said, the dude is slimy. He he has ties and connections with slimy people that have done these crimes that he's been accused of and he's being investigated on. And just in my humble opinion, I think he did it. So this whether or not he did it, whether he did it or not, what he's being accused and investigated for, this is a slimy move because he knows how the public is perceiving him right now. He knows what it looks like, and he's still doing this, oh, look at me, I care for women, I care for women that are for America first, making America great and all this. It's weird, it's gross, it's pathetic, Matt Gates is a piece of garbage, and I'm not surprised. Like I said, when I first reacted and was talking about him the first time, you know, most, most in my opinion, or just a lot, a big chunk of people that work for the United States government on in every single political party just when you have power 
it, it turns you into a monster and it corrupts you and corrupts your morals and your ethics and you just do gross stuff like like Matt Gates is being accused of. So definitely I'm not I'm not trying to jump the gun here, but this he, right here, ignoring the rest, like I said, this is a slimy thing to do. It's just gross and it's clearly a PR stunt and I think it'll backfire on him because no one's taking that seriously. I mean, there might be a few weirdos that have daddy issues that show up to that gala, but like get out of here. That's it's just weird and hopefully that situation gets dealt with and we find out what really happened and maybe we'll uncover some more people that are tied in with him. I wouldn't be surprised if he had some kind of like kind of layers of connections with with Epstein and that kind of crew because this is this is on the same level, honestly. So the next bit of news I wanted to talk about was so I saw that Joe Biden was telling Georgia to smarten up so they can avoid losing business over their new election law, their new voting law. It was super pathetic. So anybody who knows about this new Georgia law, voting law, basically the gist of it is Georgia is just requiring, in order for you to vote, I don't know if it's if it covers absentee voting or not, or if it's voting overall, but just requiring that you need an ID when you vote. Yeah, so it's it's requiring you to to show an ID when you're voting absentee, which is, I, I I cannot understand why everyone is so upset with this, because I voted in the 2020 presidential election. I voted absentee for the state of Colorado, because that's where I used to live. I had to go through hell to vote. There were like, there was even, so with my personal, my first time voting, because this is the first election I was old enough to vote in, I had some serious problems because of how fucking hard it was to vote. And I didn't complain, I didn't boycott Colorado because they required me to prove that I was who I was when I was voting, because voter fraud is a serious, it's a serious crime. I, and I've said this many times before, voter fraud happens, but I don't think it happens on the level that people think. It's always going to happen, and it's going to happen for for all parties, and it's not going to, I don't think, I cannot say with confidence that it gives a meaningful advantage to either or that it gave a meaningful advantage to either person in the 2020 election talking about Trump and Biden there's always going to be voter fraud I don't think it's that I don't think it was big enough to sway the election that's just my personal opinion um but that being said trying to eliminate as much rot as much voter fraud as possible is a good thing and I don't understand why it's such a bad thing to ask for people to prove that they are who they are to vote. It's it's stupid. MLB is just another stupid virtue signaling corporation. They're going to learn the hard way, the way the NBA did, the way the NFL did. Stop with this stop with this meandering, pandering, political, social commentary bullshit because nobody wants to see that shit. People watch sports, they listen to comics, they Go to comedy shows, they watch TV shows and movies to get away from that the stupid 24-7 political news cycle. People are talking about it at work. You have your family members on Facebook talking about politics, putting in their two cents for some reason. You have people in your group chats. Every Everywhere you look, people are talking about politics. And the MLB going to New York was hilarious because New York is a far worse and far more corrupt state than Georgia. So... It's stupid, because like I said, I went through hell to vote here in Europe, and I didn't I didn't bitch a single time about how hard it was to vote. And 
And the system, uh, this absentee voting system is still horrible. It's still super poorly put together. It's poorly ran and it's poorly maintained. And Georgia's just trying to improve their voting system. That's all. There's nothing more to it. It's not racism. None of that. So Biden saying that's pathetic, but I'm not surprised, you know, that that side of the political spectrum is going to attack. They're going to attack Georgia no matter what because of how close the the presidential camp uh, election results were there. So, yeah, asking for an ID is totally sane and it's totally logical and there's nothing wrong with it. My humble opinion. So the next bit of news that broke a couple days ago is that Prince Philip died at age 99. And I don't know anything about, you know, British politics, British royalty. I don't know that much, at least. I didn't know that he was alive, still. And I'm not really sure what he's famous for, you know, his accomplishments, whatever. But imagine dying at 99. Imagine not making it to 100. How are you going to die at 99? It's like, it's like installing a Windows update for your computer and then just, you know, it says don't turn off your computer while we're updating and then just turning it, powering it down when it's at 99%. It's like pretty crazy. But in all seriousness, you know, rest in peace to Prince Philip. Don't know if he was a good or bad person. Oh, uh, I know his wife is a bit weird. A lot of people think that she killed Princess Diana, but... You know, I'm not going to talk about that because I don't really know anything about about it. But yeah, Prince Philip died at age 99. It's a long time to live, though. He definitely lived. He lived through a lot of stuff. If he was, if he died at 99, that means he was born in 19, 1922. If my my <clears throat> my math is right, so you know he lived through and he saw a lot of stuff. He lived through World War II. Lived through. Yeah, he lived through a lot of stuff. So long life. Hopefully he. He died at peace. So my next bit of my next headline I wanted to talk about, uh, this is from the Washington Post, but you can read it from, you know, any kind of any kind of news site or news platform. But so the former Speaker of the House, John, John Boehner, I like to call him John Boner because he's a, a dick. He's an asshole and he's a douchebag. And he's a, you know, he is one of the he is the epitome of scummy politician, straight up. Never been a fan of him. I'm glad he's out of office because he's a piece of garbage. But so he's he's complaining and he's talking about how today's GOP is unrecognizable to traditional conservatives. And he just kind of gives his opinion on today's political climate. And it was really funny that he said that the GOP is unrecognizable to traditional conservatives. I guess he misses back in the day when he was in office when all the Republicans were just pro-war and they were all warmongers and they were voting for the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war just like he did. It's pathetic. I'm glad the dude is out of office. He's upset that the GOP today is, you know, they're not as pro-war as when he was in office, when when he was, you know, a hard, a tough-on-crime, tough-on-drugs guy, you know, those super problematic, horrible people, horrible, corrupt politicians he's just mad that you know the gop a lot more there's a lot more young blood that are coming into the political hemisphere on both sides both ends of the spectrum there are a lot more young people that are more in touch that don't love war and you know that are more willing to have conversations because he was never one of those 
guys who was willing to make compromises. Uh, I don't want to say compromises, but he wasn't one of those guys that was willing to meet in the middle and do what's best for the country. He was always a GOP vote red or you're dead kind of guy. He was a piece of trash. It's hilarious. And, you know, he can cry about it. He can spend the rest of his days wishing he could get back into the game and go drone strike some country in the Middle East. So the next bit of news that I saw was pretty exciting. So apparently there is a there's a famous archaeologist, I forget his name, but so he actually unearthed a 3000-year-old Egyptian city that had been lost in Egypt, which is really cool. It's really exciting. So since I've been here in Europe, I've always liked history when I lived in the United States when I went through high school, but we didn't really get taught world history. It was more United States history, so I could I, I knew a lot about the United States, but the rest of the world, I don't really know too much about. And I'm learning, and I'm, I've just been going down a lot of history rabbit holes lately. For some reason lately, I've been like really into the Italian mafia side of history, and just kind of organized crime. That's really exciting. But I've always, I've, you know, it's my dream to visit Egypt to go visit the pyramids, and the fact that they're still, you know, to this day, there, you know, there's there's a lot of undiscovered stuff out there in the world. And it's always super exciting to find something like this. A city that's been lost for, or that's 3,000 years old that's been lost and it's been discovered again. That's super exciting and it'll be cool to see and pay attention to and see if there are any updates on anything that they unearth. Or, you know, if, if there's anything new that they learn from uncovering this 3,000 year old city. So that's exciting stuff. Really cool. Definitely if you're interested in archaeology and stuff like that. Definitely look into this article. Of course, it'll be archived and linked in the description. So the next next headline that I liked, I actually, it made me kind of happy. I like to see. It came from Rachel Maddow. So Rachel Maddow, she basically was not coming to the defense of, but she was basically ripping, tearing, tearing a new hole for those people that are, you know, they're, they're acting patronizing and stob, snobby. Those people in the media that are belittling those that are hesitant of getting the coronavirus vaccine. And she was saying basically that's nothing to be ashamed of to be hesitant. And I'm not a big fan of Rachel Maddow. She's one of those she's one of those those weirdos like Sean Hannity and Don Lemon and and Piers Morgan, those people that just read off teleprompters, but they they get a little upset. They get really emotional. They raise their voice. They they cry all the time to show that they're so emotional and they're so passionate about this thing that they actually didn't think of themselves. They don't know how to think for themselves. They read off teleprompters. And, you know, like with Bill O'Reilly, remember that famous uh, We'll Do It Live piece of uh, of broadcasting he was doing where when the, when the teleprompter stops working, these people just turn into like they just turn into stuttering fools but i 100% agree with rachel maddow i talked about this in the last podcast i'm going to keep talking about it because i keep seeing so many people out there that are that are so like she said patronizing and snobby and they're belittling people who are rightfully so doing their own research they're not hopping they're not they're not volunteering to be the first person to get a new vaccine they they want to make sure that it's safe they want to make sure that it's good for their health. Uh, everybody, a lot of people out there, they have pre-existing conditions, whether it's genetic or they've inherited it through diet or 
the area they live in or maybe they worked around a lot of smoke so they have lung problems. They want to make sure that this is safe and it's healthy for them to put into their body. And that's what you should do with everything, past vaccines, food, medicine, if you're a smoker, whatever it is, if you're putting it into your body, know what you're putting into your body. And so you're not surprised if something does happen. And I'm really glad to see Rachel Maddow coming to the defense of these people because so many people out there are just being, you know, I saw it on, uh, so there's an MMA fighter named Jared Cannonier who was, you know, he had his suspicions. He had his questions about the coronavirus vaccine. And then there were so many people hopping on him. They're like, why are you acting like this? Oh, how could you act like this? Oh, you get hit in the head too much. And it's like, grow up. Grow up. Mind your own fucking business. At the end of the day, you decide if you want to get the coronavirus vaccine. If you don't decide to get it, that's good. If you decide to get it, that's good. That's great. Whatever. Mind your own business. Do what's best for you and your family and stop stressing. Stop spending so much energy on other people and their business. It is their choice to get any kind of vaccine. Of course, I've said in the past, anti-vax people are funny to me. I laugh at them all the time. I make a lot of jokes at their expense. But I'm not out here patronizing and belittling people like that because it's their choice. It's not my business. If it gives them comfort to get the vaccine or gives them comfort to not get the vaccine, good for them. Grow up. Stop. Stop getting in people's business. Mind your own shit. And yeah, at the end of the day, grow up. We're not in high school. We're not, we're not here to gossip about who wants to get the vaccine or bully who wants to get it or who doesn't want to. It's, it's a stressful, crazy, weird time right now. So look into it, do your research, and ignore the people that are pathetic and have nothing better to do than to try to control your life. That's, that's all I have to say on that. I'm sure that topic will come up again, but that's how I feel on that situation there. So another thing that I saw was such a weird kind of, I don't know, I don't really know a better word than just weird, but so there was a White Lives Matter rally. I don't remember where it was, what state it was in, what city it was in, but basically there was a White Lives Matter rally and it flopped because like three people showed up. I don't know what these people who actually did show up were expecting, like if you follow the if you're a part of the if you identify in that white lives matter group I think you're really weird and I think you like I always say in the past get a hobby stop when you're bored don't look into neo nazi and white lives matter groups because those are all weirdos those are people that don't have identities they don't know who they are for whatever reason they don't talk to people they don't go out they don't have a job or they have a job where they don't speak to people they don't have friends Whatever the reason is, basically, the people who join these White Lives Matter and neo-Nazi and just terrorist hate groups, they they don't have an identity for whatever reason. And they latch on to something super weird, like White Lives Matter, and then they show up to a rally. Or they talk about it, and then they don't actually show up, because deep down they know that it's weird, and it's wrong. And the people that are going to be there, you know, I'm sure there's... You know, there are people that might feel disenfranchised that go there that, you know, they don't have hateful hearts, they don't have evil in their heart. But at the end of the day, the reason this flopped is probably people knew. Like, this is not something that I should be going to. 
I shouldn't be seen going to this. And this will only cause problems for me in the future. So it's just kind of just imagining like a bunch of these weirdos. Maybe maybe one dude had a KKK hood and he showed up to this rally. He's holding his tiki torch like back in the Charlottesville tiki torch days. He shows up chanting all this weird white power shit and then there's nobody there. It's just crickets. Parking lot is empty and there's two other weirdos there named Cletus and Robert. I don't know. Don't 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 join these groups. That's all I'm going to say. If anybody's listening, anybody who's young and you're struggling with your identity, struggling to find out who you are, definitely the answer is not joining a White Lives Matter rally. So the last little piece of news that I wanted to talk about, something that I feel very strongly about because I've been seeing it a lot because I have, like I said, I am half Filipino, so I'm half Asian. I have a lot of Asian family members. So the Senate Democrats are trying to push a bill to combat. This is, I'm going to put this in air quotes because they're, they're pushing a bill that they say will help combat the surge of Asian American hate crimes. And the GOP is beating it with resistance. And I said it in the past, I think I said it in my first episode, there is not a surge of Asian American hate crimes. There's not. Asian Asian Americans are amongst some of the richest and most well-off people in America. And I know because I'm half Asian. I have these family members. And I don't know who's planting these seeds. Obviously, I actually, I do know it's the media. The media is just making it seem like Asians are getting attacked and beaten and, you know, violence is coming upon these Asians in America every day, but it's not happening. There's not a surge in Asian American hate crimes. Yeah, of course, there are some weirdos, like I said in the past, that are, that might attack an Asian person because they think they're to blame for the coronavirus when they're probably not even Chinese. They could be, they could be Taiwanese, they could be Japanese, but these, you know, these people are stupid. They only see in color, they only see in race, and they think if you're Asian, they lump you all together when there's tons of different types of Asians, all from different countries. You know, they all have different cultures. They all have different ways about living life. So, of course, there are racists out there that are racist towards Asians. And there could be people that have, you know, misplaced hate towards Asian people. But there's not a surge. It's not a problem. It's not a big problem in America. And... I don't know who's lying and who's making it seem like it is worse than it is, but, you know, it's such a vague bill, too. Like, when I was reading into it, the bill basically, it's super vague, it just basically states they're going to pass the bill, and if the bill is passed, it'll allow them to have conversations to address Asian American hate crimes. So you need to pass a bill to just say violence is bad? I mean, it's a given. Logical, normal, sane people know that you shouldn't be violently attacking anybody, no matter what their race is. Definitely, you know, definitely not Asian Americans, because violence is bad. You don't need to be attacking people. Deal with your stress, deal with your problems in your life in a normal way. Find a healthy coping mechanism. Don't go attacking people. But like I said, I'm not sure. I I did see that amidst this GOP resistance to this bill, there was a senator, a Republican senator, that said that this bill, you know, it was weird, and it just kind of, it felt like a messaging bill. And 
I agree. You you don't need to pass a bill to tell people that violence is bad and to not attack Asian Americans or African Americans or Latino Americans or Native Americans or you know European Americans. You don't you don't need to attack anybody. Period. You know, violence is violence should be the last resort. It shouldn't be there, you know, you shouldn't ever resort to violence, but you know, in some situations violence might be necessary, of course. But yeah. Just my humble opinion, there is not a surge of Asian American hate crimes. That's all I'm gonna say on that. And I could be wrong, but you know, it's just one of those things where it happens once and everyone's paying attention, they're so engulfed in the news. They think that this is happening every day. Like that that guy who shot a few Asians and also shot a few white people. A lot of people were trying to label him and try to give him an agenda that he actually wasn't following and didn't believe. And just because they happen to be Asian and just because of the times we're in right now with the tension with China and, you know, some people are trying to find someone to blame for the coronavirus, you know, I can understand why people think there's a surge, but there's not. And I'm pretty sure, I know I haven't looked at the statistics, maybe I should, but, and you know, if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll address it in the future, but I'm pretty sure there's not a surge in Asian American hate crimes as far as statistics go. And it's just, a, it's a hard thing to measure too, because unless someone attacks an Asian person or kills them and then outright says, and it's provable that they did it because they're Asian... You know, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to prove, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's cliche, but people just need to love. That's all. People just need to be more compassion, compassionate. They need to be more empathetic and mind their own business. Do what's best for you and your family and love thy neighbor. That's, that's what it all boils down to. But so I'm coming towards the end of the episode and I did, I did notice like a couple hours after I posted last week's episode that I did not recommend a piece of art or a piece of culture. So this week I wanted to share with you my favorite DMX song in light of the news that DMX unfortunately passed away. He had an overdose, he was on life support, and then his family made the heartbreaking decision to pull the plug and let him pass on. But I wanted to share my favorite song by DMX. It's called Look Through My Eyes. I'm going to link that in the description. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for streaming. Thank you for sharing this episode. I hope you guys stay tuned. Definitely stay tuned because it's going to get bigger and better from here. And like I said in the past, if you want to donate to me, if you want to support the channel, support the podcast, support me and my future endeavors, I do have a few different cryptocurrency addresses linked in the description, whether you're listening to this on Spotify, Google, Anchor, or YouTube, or whatever, should be the cryptocurrency addresses in all of the descriptions, so if you want to donate and support the channel through cryptocurrency, you can, and as always, stay safe, stay away from those crazies out there, thank you. Mm-hmm.